Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs, where I, your host, Holly Agambar, will be talking all the latest news and gossip, along with a few heated opinions on the club we all love, Tottenham Hotspur. Now you can watch this unfold live with me and my guests over on YouTube at my channel, Holly Agambar. But for now, let's sit back and discuss what has been happening at Tottenham. Hopefully, we've been living lavish. Uh, it's Holly's Hotspurs back with another one Chatting all things Tottenham, we're second to none Special guests every time, if it's win, lose or draw The passion is high like Harry Kane when he scores Or when Lloris makes a world-class save We got Hoybier running the mid every game Settle down, stick around, share your thoughts with the panel And make sure you're subscribing to the channel Coys Hello and welcome to another Holly's Hot Spares Live where tonight we get to dissect a 2-2 draw at Stratford Bridge against Chelsea and I'm telling you right now it feels bloody lovely and with me tonight to dissect everything that went on and we have quite a bit to talk about tonight I am joined by three lovely guests first of all I want to mention this man Paul he's come on the channel tonight it, it feels so surreal to have you on so I feel honoured Paul how are you oh go on I'm good I'll tell you what <laughs> I love your theme tune, Holly. I mean, that really <laughs> is good, that isn't it? Down there. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's not bad. Any chance of doing me something for half time? I think, you know, I think, I think that'll be good. I think if I walk out, you know, with, with, with something you put together, what do you reckon? Are you expensive? Uh, uh, for you, for you, the amount of times I've heard you say up the Spurs, you can have it for free. <laughs> um, yeah, no, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's I'm do already it. making let's deals it. already. I've been on three, three <laughs> seconds. I'm already making deals for myself. That's what it's about. I We're like talking it. fans. That's what it's about. <laughs> Oh, I love that. But no, welcome. It's lo- so lovely to have you on, Paul. Also, no, thanks for asking me. We've got Forms. Forms, Hello. how are you decide? I'm I'm good. I'm good. That's it. That's no more. I, I usually waffle on, but I'm just going to tell you I'm good and, and we can get started. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And also with me, no, he's not in the same room, I don't think. Uh, I'm also joined by Jay. Hello. Sorry, I had the wrong mute button there. Yeah, hi. Yep. Buzzing uh, to, with the game yesterday and to be on again. I've just got back from Anthony Taylor's house. I've just done all of his chores <laughs> for the next six months. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm glad that we uh, got a draw at the bridge. Don't even make jokes about that, Jay, because you know what? <laughs> if, if if I see the word corruption again, I'm going to explode. I mean, for crying out loud. Uh, really? You can't, you can't not laugh. You can't <laughs> not laugh. Oh, man. No, it's going to be a good one to dive straight into. But before we get into it, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody that's watching currently live or is going to go back and watch it, uh, watch it again or listen to it. Uh, big up to everyone. Um, if you are new, please remember to like and subscribe and all of the admin stuff. But anyway, let's crack on because obviously there is so much to talk about. But I'm going to start right from the off. Um, at the end, actually, because we did manage to equalise in the 96th, 96th sorry, minute, wasn't it, Paul? I mean, it seems. Yeah. It, it was. Uh, I've seen some some great ends to games, and um, of course, we all know Ajax, etc., and Leicester last year. But you know what? There's nothing like an equaliser in the 96th minute. You know when they say about um, that the, it, it feels like a win. And it really did because we weren't as good as we hoped we were going to be. Yeah, things changed, didn't they? And, you know, once once the formation changed and and uh, Richarlison came on. But oh, I don't know how many of you were there. I was absolutely going bananas when that one went in. It was just crazy. And um, 
there's a guy. See, the thing is, I've got this this shoulder problem, and I keep dislocating my shoulder. And so, if it, uh, it's like ridiculous, I've got to be so careful about everything I do. So this guy grabs hold of me and starts shaking oh. me like that, and I'm going, "Leave me alone!" He's, he's going, "Oh, it's going to I said, "No, no, it's just that my shoulder's going to come out. It's just my shoulder's coming out." So I'm like celebrating, like with one arm, like this. But it was it was just unbelievable. The excitement. That's what it's all about. That's why we love it. You know, it's just when you have moments when you think, I don't know whether I'm feeling it. It's stuff like that that actually does it. So what what a great end. So fantastic. 100%. And and to get it, the, obviously, the way we did with a, with a corner forms, I mean, there's so many times I'm thinking to myself, we'll need to start making yeah, good, um, good use of these set pieces. And I forms, mean, it happened, didn't it? It did. It did. And funnily enough, my I, I was watching it yesterday at home with, uh, with my sister and a couple of mates. And... As we we got corner after corner after corner, we're thinking, oh, when are we gonna when are we gonna actually score from one of these? And then when Romero didn't get sent off, my sister went, someone wants us to score, because otherwise he would have that would have been he would have been sent. Away. She went, someone wants us to score. We and two seconds later, it's in the back of the net. So it was a great feeling. That was that was the referee we're talking about, Forms. Is it? Is that what we're saying? Is, is what? what? Is that the ref that wanted us to score? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I imagine. It By the was. way, that was a joke. I no, was had this one. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was one of them. And look, it was, I was, I was speaking about it with a few people yesterday. And if we were to come back, if we were to play like we did yesterday against a, a Brighton or a Palace, no disrespect to them. And, and we scored in the last minute to, to equalize and, and share the point. It would have been like, okay, cool. Yay. We managed to like get a point. But yeah. the fact that it happened against Chelsea was even better. The fact that it's a, it's another club who were potentially competing for the title, um, or competing for big things this season and we're able to take some points off of them is is just a fantastic feeling and, and I just love seeing Chelsea fans crumble. It's great, isn't it? You just want to inject it. Um, yeah. That's the thing, Jay, like Forms is kind of touched on there. We've managed to come back after... Uh, we'll get into the, the delves of it soon, but we were playing pretty poor up until that point, but we still managed to right at the death to, to grab something from it. Yeah, me and you were talking about this earlier and, and we were saying that's a game... You know, a season and a half ago, we lose. You know, the the minute the minute Chelsea scored the first goal, when we were watching it yesterday, you said if we don't get the first goal, we could be in trouble here. But that's because that's what we're used to, and it, and it's and it's not been long enough yet that it's drummed out of our system that you know we can come back and we and we can do these things against these big clubs because obviously Chelsea have been a bogey club for us since forever. Um, especially at the bridge. And and like Form said, against the big six, getting it out of the way early and a point is a lot better than no points. And it keeps us unbeaten and it keeps the players' confidence high. I think it's very different to if we were 2-1 up and we drew 2 all, we'd be super disappointed with it. And, and maybe morale would have gone down a little bit. But because we were 2-1 down, and we got it back to two, or it feels like a victory, which is which is huge, especially against an opponent like Chelsea. And mm-hmm. with how fiery that game was, it just it just tops it off. It just tops it off. You know what? We, we the thing is, we we scored late, and this is what great sides do. Um, mm-hmm. Even when you're playing bad, you get a point yeah. away from home. You do something, and it just shows how they kept at it. Kept at it. I mean, that change did make a huge amount of difference, didn't it? But um, they, they just, they did keep at it. And, uh, and and you're right about the corner. I forgot about that. There was a point where I'm thinking, you know, well, you got corner, you know, think of the days when we never beat the first man. And, um, you know, and the, the corners coming in um, were fantastic, weren't they? They were curling. They were just bang on the mark, apart from the first one he took. But, um, you know, they, they were great. So, I mean, that's such a new weapon to wear up. 
I don't want to use weapons wear arsenal. It's probably a bad choice of words. But you know what I'm you, you know what I'm saying. Oh, it's dear, a new weapon to our South London club, is what it is. It's a... Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, look, best part was when um I think the different corners that Perisic took, one was with his right foot, one was with his left. He yep. can use both and put balls in, put good balls. It's, oh, mm. he's a class asset to the team. I think he's gonna be fantastic. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Um, obviously, we talk if we're talking about that kind of player that plays where he plays. The other player, Sessegnon, I think lots of people were talking that at halftime he, he might need to come on to have a rest. But Conte didn't want to change it, did he, um, Jay? He kept him on. And obviously, I think we all wanted to see the introduction of Perisic come on sooner. But in the end, it didn't really matter. No, and, and I think the first half, um, we, we were joking about it yesterday with a couple of our friends saying that Ruben Loftus-Cheek is an absolute smurf. It's is a gaming term for someone that was playing way above their abilities, but you know you don't expect them to be that good. He was incredible yesterday for Chelsea and he gave Sessegnon uh, an absolute terrible time uh, down that wing. And I, I think I think it would have been a massive knock to Sessegnon's confidence to not give him the second half to have a chance to go back out at Ruben Loftus-Cheek and, and and show him a little bit. And Conte gave him that chance. We didn't really see as much. And then obviously the change changed the game. So, you know, uh, and I think that's the thing. And if you listen to a lot of the interviews that Sessegnon's done and how big of an impact Perisic has been on, you know, since his arrival, I think that partnership there is, is the perfect balance of, you know, I don't think Sessegnon would have taken it to heart coming off. Because, you know, he's got this experienced professional player coming on who he's training with every day, learning off. And when he came on and he made those changes, I can near on guarantee that Sessegnon would have watched that and thought, right, how am I going to add that to my game? What am I going to mm-hmm. do that's to, to improve on that? Because, you know, it was he was, was playing the same position. So I, I, I think that introduction was was key. And, you know, Sessegnon was incredible against the Scummers. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm well happy that he's, he's getting there, but I just think yesterday maybe too big of an occasion just yet for him. See, look, look at the way the, the way that he's doing it as well, Conte. And obviously, as as fans, we, we're in there and we think we want to see them play. We want to see the new signings. But it's it's he's just drip-feeding, you know? And, and, and if we look at how the... This is a big discussion that I've had um, with various players and on, on the radio as well, is about momentum and how it is at the end of the season and what you do... The following season now, whether it's uh, you know if if you look at Manchester United, they had a horrible end to the season. They've had a horrible start to the season. So we don't know whether it's bad momentum that continues, and it's the same with us as well. He never changed the team from the end of last season, even though there were new signings coming in. You know, okay, there'll be substitution there, and then we'll see Basuma, and then maybe next week, then we might see the odd one star. But he's being very careful about the way he's doing it. And, and obviously, it's the right way to do it instead of just thinking where some clubs are going to think, I've got all these new assets, I'm just going to chuck them all in, which yeah. probably a lot of us would have done and just gone, oh, yeah, we've got, we got, we got Perisic, we're going to throw him in. You know, we, yeah, look who we've got and all these other players we've got. Let's just make them play. So just drip them in slowly, you know, integrate them within the squad and who knows how things will be in the next few weeks. You know, it may be completely different, but he's just doing it the right way because he's a top manager and knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100. And I think that's the whole kind of thing. We talk about how if we went to the bridge like this maybe a couple of seasons ago, the mentality wouldn't have been there for us. But I think, like Quitty's saying, it leads on to that mentality that Conte is instilling in this team. I mean, like Conte says in all of his, his pre- and his post-match press conferences, he said he's now got seven months of, of working with this team behind him, plus a pre-season. Um, so he's had... 
He's, he hasn't been chucked in midway through a season. He's had time to instill his philosophy and, and his way of working onto the players. And it's really showing. I mean, look, when, when he took over the club, we were, what, bottom half of the table when he ended up he ended up sewing sort of the pieces of, of the club that were slightly torn open together. And we ended up finishing in a Champions League spot and above Arsenal, which was a lovely little bonus. And now... As Paul said, as, as we've con we've gone on to, to the new season, we've carried that momentum on. It's because that mentality, the Conte way, has been instilled in the players that are that are already that he's already been working with. Those are the ones that have started. So those are the ones that have carried over. And now that these new players have had a a preseason and b being integrated into a new Premier League season with cup games and all of that um, alongside it give it a month or two and all of those new signings plus the players that were with Conte last season are going to have the strongest mentality the league's seen so yeah exciting times ahead <laughs> it really is no it really is and obviously it would be rude of me to say to not talk about obviously the controversy that led up to that go we're talking about it a little bit and that is obviously Jay the whole Cucurella Romero bust up uh, in the box uh, yeah, I I don't I don't know. It's one of those things. If it's against you, you're absolutely livid. But because it was for us, you're kind of like, well, VAR looked at it, so it's not our fault. Uh, and then his VAR hair looked... got in the way of his arm. Yeah, for goodness' exactly. sake, what are you going to have don't flowing have locks haircut. like that? Yeah. They're going to brush against your hand, tickle the palm of your hand, and you try and scratch it. Obviously, something's going to happen. Exactly. I, I, that's the thing. It, it was obviously. Romero's always been that player for us. I feel like, you know, he, I've, I've missed, uh, you know, I, I love players like uh, Romero. He, he's he's a live wire. It's the same reason I fell in love with Lamella. It's the same reason because they're just, they, they, they can do absolutely anything. But the difference is, is uh, Romero's a much better player than Coco, sadly. But obviously in a totally different position. But, you know, I, it's difficult because it's very hard to argue because it was for us and and I if that was any other team in any other scenario I do think that it shouldn't have stood personally but you know I'm not going to write to the FA and ask them to change it or do a petition so that a certain referee doesn't referee all my games you know you hear conspiracy theory all the time yeah. I, I don't think it's that there are you know the refs have been told to let a lot go um this season compared to the season before which I think is good for the game um and I just think there was a bit of after, uh, beforehand and, you know, it all goes on in the box. Any person that's played football will tell you there's all kind of antics that go on in the box. And, you know, when you've got all of these cameras pointing at it, that sort of thing's going to get noticed a lot more. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, but in your face, Chelsea. So. <laughs> well, I think that's the real thing, though. If it, if it was us that had that, I think we'd all be ranting and raving as well. But it is what it is. That sadly is the case. But I think the trouble is... With this whole thing of letting them go, now we're getting to the point where we're moaning if things are let go. That's that we're in a vicious cycle. I think. I think we all screamed out for refs to let the game flow more, and now we're finding that we're moaning when things are left. And I think it's just going to be a vicious circle. It's going to go round and round and round. Um, it's but obviously, football. it That's is football. football. And mm -hmm. for, for for from the dawn of time and when football started, everywhere there's always going to be one side that's more pissed off with the ref than the other. It's just football. So, um, yeah, we're going to hear complaints. We've heard complaints for years and years, and it's going to be the same thing forever and ever. And we just got to get on with it and keep stealing points off Chelsea. You know what? As I was leaving the ground yesterday, and there were Chelsea fans that were, uh, uh, I was right in the middle of it and just walking away. And um, 
And they're all going, oh, the referee, a disgrace, what a disgrace the referee was. But to be honest with you, I didn't notice that because if you were there, would you have seen, I mean, and the only one is probably the Bentancur possible foul, um, which which led to um, uh, Hoybier's goal. So that that was that one. Would they have, Did they see the hair pulling? I don't know whether they would have done because I didn't see it happen at the time. Of course, we heard about it later. So I don't know whether they got, as they're walking away, then they hear stuff on the radio or whether they, they read stuff, but they're all saying what a disgrace it was. But I don't think it was that obvious if you were there watching it what the mistakes were and and some of the mistakes. Okay, the and, and I'm going to try and you know just be honest about this. Yeah, the Cucurella foul, the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously put in there. You know, well, as Jay just <laughs> said, but he's absolutely right. But um, as far as the other one goes, I thought it was a foul straight away when I saw it. But then you look at it again and you think, yeah, he caught the ball. Yeah, it could be one way or the other. This is not. This is not like an issue of of corruption hmm. this is a, a decision that could have gone one way or the other it wasn't even that obvious so to actually call that up and say that was a disgrace because then of course the goal wasn't until about 45 seconds after that anyway so it wasn't like it led directly to a goal so you know i i, I understand the fact that they're going to start shouting and getting upset about it because if you're at the end of those decisions you would as well and especially when you've you've had a last minute this is me being understanding of Chelsea fans. What is going on? So, but, 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 but you know what I mean? So this is why they're getting so upset about it. But there's no corruption. It's just nonsense. You know, mm-hmm. there's a bad decision that's made, but there weren't glaring, horrendous, game-changing, I'll never have him referee my game errors again, were there? No. And, and I have to say, I think that because this is the point, I think obviously the controversy in itself is, is one thing. But forms they had loads of opportunities to score more goals at times. Obviously, there was that massive one that Kai Havertz missed that could have changed the game, but they didn't take it. No, they didn't, and that's that's exactly what it is. It's it's when you're on the I'm going to say losing side of things because essentially that's a loss for Chelsea. But when when you're on the losing side of things, it's really easy to point out what went against you, and it's it's a lot more. It's, it's so it's it's easier to brush over the things that you could have done that you didn't do, and it was a case of look, had Chelsea been because yes, we didn't play well, but I don't think Chelsea played particularly well either. It was a case of whenever we go to Stamford Bridge, we just absolutely poop ourselves and we bend over for them, and it just it's been that way for years, and it just is that way, and it was that way um, during the game, and I think we made them look a lot better than they were. And do you think? You take, I thought they were good. I did think they were good. I mean, look, they weren't, they were the better team. They were a far better team. But I think that how we played did make them look a lot better. And if they were, if they were as good as all these Chelsea fans are saying that they were, well, then Havertz would have missed that chance. And and they could have taken, they could have been a lot more clinical in front of goal because they're Chelsea. That's what they do. They They take teams on, especially at home, and they absolutely batter them. And the fact that they didn't just goes to show that maybe they weren't on their A game either. So it is a lot easier for them to pick out what went against them rather than the things that they did wrong. I think the thing is, though, with that was, was I, I agree with Paul that I thought Chelsea were incredible yesterday, to be perfectly honest. And I hate to say that because I've got a lot of family there at Chelsea, but, you know, and then they'll probably... Why do you not get on with the family then, James? All of my family from London. I've got West Ham, Arsenal, Palace, Chelsea, the lot in my family. So it's... Wow. it's you know, Boxing Day is a fun day. I tell you that when the, when the, when all the it's games proper are Boxing on. Day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah always exactly. on one. Yeah. But the, the thing is, was uh, Chelsea, I thought Chelsea 
played us off the park in the first half. Uh, you know, I was watching it and it was absolutely soul destroying to watch. Um, they they just held on to the ball, and I know it's two uh, Tuchel's way of playing, and and then and obviously where I don't really watch many Chelsea games, it's the first time I've really sat down for ninety minutes and watched them play. And we look, they made us look so frantic, and it, it just didn't. For that first half, especially, it just didn't look like the Spurs teams that 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 um, that we'd watched previously under Conte. It looked so frantic. It looked all over the place. It looked like we were chasing runners. We we were just everywhere. And I, I, you know, I totally understand why Chelsea fans feel hard done by with a two-all draw. But it is right though; they didn't take their chances. You can play all the nice football in the world, but if you don't score goals, you're not going to win games. Sorry to sound like Michael Owen, but you know, it, it, it's just it's just one of those things. It's it's frustrating, but you know, just got to take your chances. Maybe that's maybe that's my ego telling me that that they didn't play as well as I thought they did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think you're both kind of right in that kind of sense because when I was watching it, obviously you had Mount and Hoiberg having to deal with Mount dropping in, so there was three basically against two. And I think Hoiberg and Ben Senko were, were swamped out uh, for most of it. Uh, Paul, did did you feel that as well on the ground? Were you getting frustrated with the midfield dynamic? Yeah, yeah, it was difficult. Something something had to change, didn't it? And it was the and it was the right change. I mean, it did worry me because I, I didn't think it was only um, the the formation and the way we were doing it, but I just thought. I thought we had a really good start. I thought the first five, ten minutes, and I'm thinking we're away here. And then Chelsea kind of took control. And I did I did think that we were letting passes go astray. It, it was the speed, it was the it was their it you know, it was their press. I mean, they they were they were quick to everything and they chased everything down. So we never had a moment. And it was a bit like, hold on, what are we gonna do here? Because let's get rid of it quickly, get rid of it quickly. And mm. and, it, and it was only once the change happened that things calmed down. Then we've got Richarlison, who even even if we say he, you know, he, he wasn't brilliant the way he played, but nuisance value, he was like he was fantastic because he got in there and they didn't know how to deal with him. It left space, and then we started playing. So then 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 it was better. So I mean, this is what's great is having a manager that because we're all thinking, is it going to change? Is it going to change? And choosing the right moment for it to change, mm-hmm. and that's why these managers get the big bucks because he knew exactly what to do, and uh, and it worked perfectly. And right. um, I yeah. think if we had another ten minutes, we would have scored two more goals. <laughs> Probably, and I think you're right because obviously I was sat at halftime. I was like, please just get Hoiberg off. And I know many people were saying that he played really well, and I can see glimpses of it. But I was getting really frustrated. But I'm glad he didn't take him off forms because then he got the equaliser, didn't he? <laughs> he did, and that was a that was a lovely little finish. Um, I just it was one of the, again. It's it's obviously after the game, and no one was there to see it other than the people that I was speaking to. So it's probably going to sound like I'm lying, but I'm not. Before the game. Me and me and whoever I watched the game with, I'm like, okay, who's going to score today? And we always throw the most rogue players out. I went, Hoybier scored today. Hoybier's getting a goal today, and then he did. And everyone looked at me like, how did you know? And I just knew. <laughs> it's because I say and it every single week. <laughs> every single week, you would like, you wouldn't believe. Um, but it's, yeah, we were all kind of complaining about Hoybier in in the first half and um, and how it just wasn't. I I did. I barely saw him. I barely saw him that first half and, and we were all kind of throwing our, oh, you should get him off, bring Basuma on, blah, 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 blah. He made a couple of decent blocks, maybe one or two. And it was like, okay, well, maybe you keep him on the pitch. But then he scored and we all just shut up. And we're like, okay, cool. Look, he's made up for the first half and and now he's he's got the goal and he's contributed to the game in a really big way. Now let's take him off. Mm. Um, and it's it's one of them where Hoybier, I think, is fantastic. And when he's on his day, he's a, he's a proper, proper general in that midfield. Um, 
yesterday just wasn't it. And it feels weird to say because obviously he scored a very important goal. But um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say other than keep banging them in, please, Pierre. <laughs> that would be great. Um, but backtracking a little bit, obviously the first goal, we talk about set pieces, Jay. Um, <laughs> we conceded from a set piece as well. And I'm not going to discredit Koulibaly's goal because it was a very nice finish. But he could have been, uh, what's the word, marked better, shall we say. I think uh, Karen Carney summed it up quite well in the punditry yesterday. You know, zonal marking, the problem was, was that was no one's responsibility because that was the zones that we'd set up. Uh, you know, Sonny was there and to everyone watching, it looks like Sonny should do more. But, you know, you were saying yesterday, we've got a set piece coach now. So if if Sonny's been told to stand there and to block the runners, the two centre-backs that were running in to, to meet the ball at about the penalty spot area, if Sonny's been told to do that and that's where he needs to be, then then that's that that's what happened. And you can't take anything away from the finish. If, if I want to be a bratty Spurs fan, I'll say Sterling maybe was in the way of Lloris, but I think he was onside anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, I, it, was, it, was it was a frustrating way to concede. And, and it was just like, when it went in, it was just that feeling of, oh, here we go again. But then, you know, because we're kind of doing this podcast in reverse, you know, then obviously towards the end of it, it was like, this is exactly the feeling that as a Spurs fan, I've never had in that, okay, we've had Ajax, we've had all of these, but they they were they were strokes of luck. They were they were God's work. Whereas this seems like no matter what time it is in a game, if Antonio Conte is our manager and he's got the players he wants on the bench and the players he wants on the pitch, I have no doubt that he will do everything possible to get the result. And it's much more likely now. It it just is. No, you're right. And I think we've kind of touched on that already. I know we've done it backwards, but like it's a sense that we had that knock from another set piece, but we didn't stop. And what Jay's trying to say, Paul, I think is that obviously we, we've spoken about the Conte mentality, but the fact that he's got some fight on the sideline, which we saw between him and Tuchel, is kind mm. of positively going into the team. Oh, I love it. I love it. I think everybody loved it. Anybody that anybody that's going, oh, it's not good for the game. I mean, it's just nonsense because everybody loves to see a little bit of Argy Bargy, you know, it was nothing, it was nothing serious. It was, it wasn't violent. It didn't incite anything, but what it shows, and I'm going to say it for Tuchel as well. It's two managers that show incredible passion. I mm. never liked a manager that sits on the side and whatever goal goes on, goes in just sitting. Because I think, well, why are you not excited by that? Why do you not feel the way that we feel? And, and Mike, he feels it in bucket loads, doesn't he? I mean, he was going bananas as most of us was. And, and it was almost like they were goading each other on without actually doing it purposely. It was, and, and then the handshake, which was just a little bit too long, wasn't it? And he's, he's going to shake hand. And then, then Tuchel has said, well, you didn't look, at, look me in the eye. When do you ever see managers look each other in the eye when they shake hands ever, ever? It's just like that. And then it's a move away. And then it was just one of those. And it was like, hold on a little bit longer. Then they reacted. But the thing is, I think they both already got a yellow card, and they, I think, I know yeah. Tuchel had. So what was amazing is it's funny enough to see managers get red cards, but to actually get a, a second yellow, I don't think he did. He actually do a yellow, and did he? This no, is what he should have done. It was a straight red. Was it a straight? Was it a straight yeah, red? Yeah, yeah, yeah. straight red. What do you think? I mean, what was that straight red for? For holding his I, hand too long and looking at him funny. It's one it's one of them where you know when when the referee might not see it, but all of a sudden you see two sets of players running up to a each melee. other and there's a big yeah. 
yeah, and, and it's it's one of them. And I think once the referee kind of once it once the referee kind of everyone kind of splits a bit and it calms down a teeny little bit, and the ref knows exactly who the two culprits were without taking any bullshit, without like going, okay, let's try and calm it down even more. It's just you two get off, get away, leave. Can you because... imagine VAR and you saying, who are the two culprits? And they're going, <laughs> that would guess be who so do you funny. think the bloody culprits were? <laughs> just have a look. There's the two in the middle. It's the tall guy and the other guy. And it, it was, that's what I mean. It was, but, but seriously, I love it. I just think it's, Eve, there was a, there was a point last season when, um, he was unhappy and, and, and he wore his heart on his sleeve then and yeah. people were going, well, he shouldn't be talking that way. You know, he shouldn't be saying, I don't know whether I'm going to... The thing is, what we're seeing, and maybe the, fa- the fact is we're just not used to seeing it, is honesty. It's a manager that's being honest. Mm-hmm. He says what he feels, he reacts to it, and he's a human being. Yeah, he's maybe more so than other people would be, but but I love that. And I think every... I mean, I... I you know, you look at other other managers, and we, we don't like Jurgen Klopp. Of course we don't, because he's successful, and we think he's a bit cocky, but he loves his team, and he will do anything to defend them. And if you're a Liverpool fan, you'd feel the same way, and I'm sure people feel the same way about Conte with us, because it's like, that's yeah. the sort of guy you'd love to have as your manager, because he's so behind you, and he's just like you are as well, and he feels it in his heart. And, and that's what the game's all about, anyway. I saw, I, think, I saw a really so sorry, I saw a really funny tweet earlier, and it was a picture of um, Tuchel and Conte like going at it, and the caption was, <laughs> "Pep and Klopp would have kissed each other." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So I'm yeah. like, I like the fact that we've now got one of those Premier League rivalries. You look at you look at Wenger and Mourinho, or Wenger and Ferguson, or Wenger and anybody. Um, I like and I like I like it. I, we need we needed it mm. from the manager side because at the end of the day, they're football fans first. And that yeah. is that is a uh, is is them showing it there and then in front of us. I was I did a I did a thing for American radio earlier today, um, with Rodney Marsh and 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 he was saying, uh, yeah, it was him and and um, Tommy Smith who's the the co-presenter on there as well. They were doing it together, and he was saying, well, you know, is it is it, it's just millionaires, pop, you know, that have that go to public schools that are just like just act. And I said, no, it's real. It is mm-hmm. real. I think Rodney agreed that it was real because that what it, it was pure passion. There was nothing fake about it. There was nothing like, oh, well, that's not real. It totally was real. And I mm. think everybody loved it. And sure. I think the real funny thing as well today was obviously um, what Conte put on uh, Instagram and then took it down straight away. Oh, did he take it down? Yeah, he so took it funny. down straight away. But it just like so it's funny. just uh, I love him, man, and I think we all uh, love him as well. Um, but like Ian said, you can't kind of fake that. It's it's no. passion. It's it's come right from the heart because he wants to obviously do his right by Tottenham and and he did. So the only sad thing is obviously that uh, I think it's gone through now that the FA are keeping the red cards and they've got till Thursday to to come up with their kind of plea or something. Um, but Perry, Jay- I manage the team against Wolves. By the way, I don't oh, know whether like you know it. that. This is what I've heard. Bring it on. Bring is it that on. I'll be in charge of the team against Wolves if he's if he's not. So and I'm, right. I'm not taking instructions either. Can I start up top? Yeah, you can. You start up top forms. Thank you you do my jingle and you better than Brian Mason letting Harry Winks start because he's his mate. You know that's going to happen, don't you? Against oh, Wolves. Jay, come on! <laughs> don't start all that. <laughs> oh, you're both muted. Oh, he's already said that to warm me up. That's why. So I thought it was an embarrassed silence. One of those uncomfortable silences. Then for a second. Yeah, I was like, um, <laughs> saying, oh, someone yeah. could you say something? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> My bad. Not very good with tech at the moment. Um, but no, like I said, it was a great game. We've got a point. That's all that matters. Um, so it's good vibes. Obviously, Paul, I know you have to dash. So I want to say 
thank you so much for coming on tonight. If you ever want to come on again, you are more than welcome. Thank you. No, it's lovely to see you. Thanks, thanks for asking me. So, um, yeah, we look forward to seeing everybody on Saturday. Yes, I like it. Bring and it if you're managing the team, Spurs. we're all up for it. Up the Spurs. Up the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, guys, good to meet you. Take care. Yeah, well done. Enjoy the show. Bye-bye. Yeah, obviously. Oh. What a class guy. What a class yeah, guy. What a legend, man. What a legend. Um, but obviously, we do play uh, Wolves at the weekend. Uh, Paul might be the manager. So, Jay, I'll come to you first. What are you kind of thinking? Do you think this is the time Conte mixes up this midfield or we keep it the same like he did against Chelsea? I think if we, I think if we lost, he would have changed the team. Um, I'd be intrigued to see what he does after a draw because I feel like he's such a he's such a if it ain't broke don't fix it manager and I really appreciate that because I think it gives so much motivation to the players on the field to perform but then also gives the added motivation to the players on the bench that the minute that a result doesn't go their way you know you're going to have to be at the top of your game to get into that team so I'm intrigued to see what he's going to do uh, with a draw uh, because I don't know whether he's going to change it. I mean, the only sub maybe would be Basuma going into the middle. Again, Hoiberg, I, I don't see where, you know, I think I, I use the foot mob app to keep get all my scores. And they gave man of the match to Hoiberg. And I was like, mm, I, I don't know about that. And and we were we were calling for the sub like everyone else was before the goal. So did the goal mask over the fact that, you know, because obviously Bento Core went off which is, mm. in my opinion, the wrong sub. But obviously, that's why we're on this podcast and we talk about our opinions on Twitter and we don't get paid loads of money to coach a football team because uh, Conte showed us why. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think the Wolves game is going to be, again, it needs to be, you know, how it is with Southampton um, in the sense of these are teams that we need to be beating and beating convincingly, um, you know, They've had a poor start to the season, lost to Leeds, drew 0-0 with Fulham. But then it's also Spurs. <laughs> you know, it's still it's still in my system that I just I just can't go, oh, we're gonna win every game. But I do think we will. It is at home as well, which obviously is massive. Um and yeah, I, I it, it's a game we need to win. If we want to be this club, we've taken the it'd be a waste to take a two points off Chelsea to then throw three points away against Wolves. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And that's what we need to change about how we progress through this season. If we want to cement top four, maybe push on a little bit further and then obviously win in other competitions is by just killing games off, we should. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Like you said, it would be a wasted opportunity um, to obviously gain a point from uh, Chelsea and then throw it away to Wolves. Now, like Jay's noted, Forms, Wolves hasn't had the best of starts. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, not it's going to be an easy ride, but we should be able to go and get it done. Yeah, I mean, it's one of them things where I think Conte's Conte's mentality implemented into the squad is now, regardless of whether you are playing Manchester City at the Etihad or you're playing Borenwood non-league in the FA Cup third round, you cannot for a single second on that pitch, be complacent. So I think that's that's what we're going to do going into this game. Look, we're at home. We've obviously got a, a clear advantage in the fact that we've got 60-odd thousand fans screaming for us. And, and we've we just feels like we're such good vibes right now. The thing is, Conte said, whilst, whilst we were in the peak of our transfer window, when we were signing all these players and all these journalists were asking the questions about, oh, who's going to be a backup for this? Who's going to be a backup? And he made it very clear there are zero backups in my squad. We are all 
I want all my players to be of a, of a similar quality so I can put one here, one here, one out, one here. There's no backups. There's no anything like that. So I think when you look at the start to Wolves season and you look at how busy um, the season is about to get, I think maybe you do make a couple of changes. Now might be the right time to do so. I'm not saying change the whole eleven. But you maybe start Basuma here and Perisic there. And I'd actually quite like to see, as a very controversial opinion based on, but it's based on how he played against Chelsea, I'd quite like to see Richarlison start maybe over Son. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those games where I feel like if if we, if we if there was any game to do it early on, it's this one because we're unbeaten so far. We've got the confidence. Um, and if there's any any game to, for Conte to kind of put his money where his mouth is it, and, and make some changes, then make some changes. I'd happily welcome some change. Yeah, I think so. It's not that it's not that we're impatient and we don't and we want to see the changes. I think it's just some of them are warranted. And obviously, Jay, I like the way that Forms is spoken about, obviously, Richarlison, because he did add a lot of energy into that game when he came on. And lots of people are noting that Sonny might be a little bit off the ball. And I've had this discussion last season and he proved me wrong uh, towards the end of it. But maybe he does need a bit of a rest. Uh, write him off at your peril. Uh, that's the problem. That's the problem with world-class players like Son and Harry Kane. The minute we start criticising them, they show us exactly why they're world-class. And hopefully uh, Saturday will be that, will be exactly that for Son. Um, I, obviously, the, the only thing that I don't think I've seen a lot of on Twitter or, or, or in the Spurs echo chamber is Decky's performance yesterday. I thought he was probably out of that forward three, maybe equally as bad as Son. Yeah, And it's the first time I've really watched Decky and been like super disappointed with his performance. So if if that change was to happen, I do think it's Decky that needs to drop out um, personally um, because I just I just can't justify benching Son. I, just because just because Makes it's sense. Son, you know, you just can't justify it. And, and Decky, De- we love Decky because he's, he's, a, he's a cult hero already. And what but the only thing is that I, I, I'm worried about with Decky is I, I don't think that he won't not sign for us because obviously he is only on loan. Um, I can't remember for the life of me whether the op, whether it's an option to buy or it's a you have to buy him at the end. It's of the an loan. option. It's, an, it's option. an option. So you know the thing is is do we want to invest time if 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 a player that's on loan isn't performing then surely a player in the squad should take that place as like the first rung up, rung on the ladder sort of thing. It's just um, one game though, Jay. <laughs> I know it's just one game, but we've got such a good squad now. This is the yeah. thing. We've got such a good squad now that, that that I think that we, like you said about Conte, it's not like we're subbing him in for someone that's unproven and crap. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? We're subbing him in for Richarlison who came on and was throwing him, himself about. Again, yeah. he's got that South American flair that I absolutely love in players. Um, maybe get him on the shirt next year. Um, but you I'm know, so close to getting so, him as well. I know, I know. But you know, it, it's just, it's just, uh, you know, we've got, we've got a problem that we've never had before. We've got so many good players, we can't justify benching any of them. But then we also want all of our players on the bench to play. But they're also of similar abilities. So it's like it's a problem we've never had. And it's a problem I would have every single day. And I would debate every I love having the debates on Twitter and seeing everyone saying, Oh, this is this and this is this. Because we can finally have those discussions that Manchester City, Liverpool, all of the like the the big four, I would say, I know we finished fourth, but the you know, the big four can can have and 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 it's brilliant. And it's it's such a good thing that we can even have this discussion on a podcast and talk about bringing on players like that. 
The thing is, though, like when you mention obviously the light of dropping Decky for Richarlison, I don't want to sound this out there too much, but obviously I feel like when they come on from the bench, they both have that kind of um, impact. So if you took Kulu off and, and on the bench and put Richie to start, then you swap them. I feel like they'd have the same kind of impact. Obviously, we know they're two kind yeah. of different players, but they've got that initial impact that I feel it, it wouldn't matter. Whereas, like, Jay, I don't know if you can drop Sonny. Um, and I learned that lesson last season. So, hmm. I don't know, it's, like Jay said, it's a very tricky headache to have, but we're not paid to have that headache, so it, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. But another person that people are obviously talking about, now, lots of people are saying, oh, why wasn't Spence involved at the weekend? And I think it was because there was too many options in that position to have him on. So, Forms, it's, it's a way one out there. Obviously, we're talking about changing the side up. W- would you let him have a run out against Wolves? Or again, do you think Conte will think it's too soon to play him in? I think the way that Conte speaks about Spence is too soon. Um, do we know if Doherty's 100% fit? I don't know. Because if he I'm is, sure. bring him in. I think, look, you can't... I think every Spurs fan can agree. From when he signed to now, Emerson is a is a different player. He's, he's greatly improved. I'm not saying he's world-class because he's nowhere bloody near it. And I think of the three right wing-backs we've got, Emerson is, is probably the most dispensable. However, he's not not doing a job. Like he's if if you're if you're going to slot someone in to a position where let's say Doherty was injured for the first game or, or not fit enough to play, and Spence is a is a young new signing come from the Championship, then yeah, Emerson is a is a is a decent option, especially if he's the only one. But I think if if Emerson was to be dropped and Doherty's fully fit and ready to play, you bring you bring Doherty in over over Spence purely because before he got injured, he really started to find his feet. He's apparently, from what I hear, he's he's a fantastic character in the dressing room. He's got great synergy with all of the players, um, especially, and he's 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 playing against the team that he's kind of comfortable playing around. I know that's it's it's been a couple of years since he played for them, but mentally, I guess that kind of has a has a decent effect. So yeah, without waffling too much more, if Emerson was to be dropped, which I think in a game like this, you can take those take those risks, I guess, if it's a risk, or you can make those changes, I'd bring Doherty on rather than Spence, purely because I think if Spence is going to be integrated into a Conte team that requires pure physicality, I think you bring him in maybe for the last 10, 15 minutes for a couple of Premier League games and give him a run in for the early Carabao Cup, FA Cup games. And that's how we integrate. We've got three players in that position. We can't be guaranteeing starts to to all of those players. So I think somebody like Spence, who hasn't played Premier League football before, needs to be integrated and integrated slowly. So the fans just need patience, I guess. No, I think you're spot on there. Like you said, it it might be too much too soon. Um, and having a few cameos in in cup competitions because we're going to be in lots of um competitions this season. Obviously, we've got the Champions League as well, mm-hmm. so there's going to be a lot of game time for for lots of these players. Um, now I did it last week and it seemed to work because it worked well for us. Oh, he's got his badge. Uh, it worked well for us, obviously, uh, last week when I did score predictions. So Jay, let's go for it. What's your score prediction? Uh, I think three one Spurs positive. Do we keep a clean sheet? I don't think so. Um, Wolves have maybe got a bit of a point to prove after their poor start to the season. Um, And I know one of our friends, Jade, will definitely be egging them on to score against us. So I reckon they'll get one. Um, But yeah, I I hope we win. I I want it to be convincing again. 
you know, even the Saints game, obviously we were there, but even the Saints game, it was, it was, you know, even when they scored, there was just this aura around the game and the stadium that it didn't, it didn't even matter that they'd scored. They scored and it was like, yeah. And, and it proved for the rest of the game because they'd done absolutely naff all. I know this is, this is the only chance on camera I have to beat the scummers with a stick. So, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's just, I think we need to convincingly win this game and I'm confident we can, especially with the way that we ended the last match. Like I said earlier, if we were 2-1 up and drew to all, we'd go into this game with maybe a lot more of a negative mindset, but we're going into the game coming back from one of our arch nemesis, who we always lose to and we hardly ever score against to then score two and to do it in the style we did, I think the team's going to be full of confidence and mm. I think the fans should be as well for Saturday. I like it. I like that one. Um, Forms, what's your what's your thoughts as well? Same kind of vibe? No hesitation, 5-0. Oh, I like and it. I'm, look, I'm that, that, my friends call me one of the most optimistic Spurs fans, but look, we're so, and I'm saying this really arrogantly and full of bias, we're so good. We're so good. We've got so much energy in our squad. And we are probably, after that preseason, one of, if not the most fit squads in the Premier League. So if we do have a fantastic start to that game, even if we're a little bit shaky, but we score a couple goals, that last 15 minutes, when most Premier League teams, especially kind of bottom half teams, are absolutely shattered, we're going to still be running on pure pure fumes and vibes. I genuinely can't see anything less than 5-0. <laughs> I love that. I hope you're right, because that would be good. I would very much enjoy that. Um, I think we all would, to be fair. But no, I think you're right. I think you're both right. We need to just get the dub done. Uh, I think uh, Graham Roberts a couple of weeks ago said, these are the teams we just need to brush aside. And that's what we need to do at the weekend. So to do it in 5-0 fashion, I'm, I'm down for that. Um, I think it's going to be a slightly lower score in a sense that I think it will be maybe 4-1. I know Dan said 4-1. Slightly I just, lower score. Slightly lower. <laughs> I mean, it's not as low as Jay's, but it's slightly lower. But no, I think, well, I don't think we're going to keep a clean sheet, sadly. I just don't think we've quite napped that just yet. Um, but we're going to score loads of goals. So that will be vibes. Um, I just want to say quickly before we move on, I want to say, obviously, I didn't get it up when it all came up at the right time. So if you're still here, Roger, thank you very much for your super chat. I will get better at integrating this in when you send them. And thank you to Bobby K as well for your super chat. Um, so if you if I missed you earlier, I'm very sorry, but I made sure I start them. Um, but yes, obviously, game of the weekend should be vibes. I mean, Mr. Weaver, Jesus, he's gone for a six one. He's gone even Go higher. Go on, Weaver. Up the weave. <laughs> We love it. What a geezer. Weaver the geezer. Um, but no, I want to say a big thank you to you guys joining me tonight. Obviously, big thank you to Paul as well, who has left. If you haven't um, watched, if you weren't here for the start of the show, please make sure you go rewind and watch it because he was here talking. It was very nice hearing his voice, not just at the lane, mm. which was crazy. Um, but yeah, I want to say a big thank you to you guys. So first of all, Forms, thank you so much. Where can everybody find you? And I know you have something little special coming up very soon. So let yeah, people forget, know. Forget where they can find me. I've got my first ever headline show this weekend, uh, which is huge for me. If you don't know who I am, I'm a, I'm a musician. I make music. Um, and you can find me on any social media channel as Forms. Um, and yeah, my first ever headline show. It's going to be sick. i got some really cool artists coming up and performing and getting on stage with me. And, and it's, it's going to be the most incredible thing that I've put on myself. It's in Camden, which is in London. Um, and if you go to my Instagram or my TikTok, the ticket link is in my bio. They're only £7. Where can you get a night out in London for £7? You can't. So, yeah, come and spend it with me. There's about 20 tickets left. 
Um, so yeah, if you want to come and vibe or you don't know what to do on Saturday night or you've seen this face before and you've heard any of my stuff, come and vibe. I'm going to meet everybody afterwards and it's going to be sick. I love it. And everybody would have heard of you because you did write the fun, the funky in, uh, intro for the video. So Zach, I need, to, I, need to do you a, I need to do you a new one for this season. I mean, you can, but at the moment it's working quite well, as in we haven't really lost yet, so it's a vibe. Okay. So don't change it yet, but no, thank you. And obviously, Jay as well. Jason, thank, thank you for joining me tonight. Where can everybody find you? Uh, sat next to you as always. Um, no, uh, I want to see how forms is going to work it into the set. That's what I'm interested uh, to see how Holly's Hotspurs is going to go down with the fans. Uh, no, uh, yeah, you can find me on the free tees, uh, TikTok, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, now that Madden's out, finally, uh, I'll be streaming a lot more on Twitch. Uh, so if you guys want to see me play with the other shaped ball, uh, that's where you'll probably find me. But yeah, most of the time on Twitter with my anti Pochettino agenda, as always. <sighs> Of course, he has to get that in. Fabulous. Um, but no, thank you both for joining me. Obviously, everybody else in the chat. We are currently at 2,000 subscribers, but I don't want to jinx it. Oh. So if you are watching, please do not unsubscribe because I will be very sad. But if you are new, please subscribe so it stays at 2K. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, we will have a win on our hands and we'll be talking about that next Monday on Honey Sorts West Live. Same place, same time. So I hope to see you all then very, very soon. But until next time, come on you Spurs. Let's go.